welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and returning to the show today is Dr. David Clausen. He's a physiatrist based in Seattle with backgrounds in neurologic, cancer, spine and sports rehabilitation, and pain management. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. Um, Dear Clausen is a rehab doctor in Seattle. Um, He and I have worked together off and on for over 30 years. Um, He's a remarkable physiatrist, mostly in spinal cord injury and rehab, but now is really revealed to the world how much he knows about biochemistry, cell biology, genetics, um, and how the immune system functions under threat versus safety. Then he and I have both been part of a work group over the last year and a half with Dr. Stephen Porges and a bunch of other scientists, really deepening our knowledge tremendously about the common basis of chronic disease. And it turns out that both mental and physical chronic disease are what DR talks about as being part of the same suit. So welcome back to DR. And I'm going to ask you a question. Um, I love to you know, actually stand on your accolades. I mean, I can't say enough about how much he thinks so deeply. But I'd like to sort of portray sort of the common mechanism of chronic disease. In other words, I, I tell people, well, look, anxiety, depression, OCD, bipolar are all inflammatory disorders. So is Parkinson's, obesity, hypertension, Alzheimer's, and cardiovascular disease. And they're going, what? And you have a comment, well, it's actually all part of the same soup. So he explained to the group, including chronic pain, by the way, and I want, we'll pick on chronic pain in a second, but what actually happens to the brain synthesization and the nerve conduction in chronic threat. But I just want to go back to the idea that there's a common basis for all chronic mental and physical disease. Could you explain that to us for a bit? I know it's not a very easy topic to explain. Yeah. Um, so the way I, I, I perceive it um, is, um, is that the, the commonality to all of those things is chronic threat. And not just, you know, the acute threat, but the commonality to it is chronic threat. So this creates in the body um, a threat response or as, um, you know, one of our colleagues, um, Bob Navio, refers to it as a cell danger response uh, in, in the body. And it's in, you know, it, it, it's one big system. So all of the cells are affected by this, uh, this threat response. And for me, the way I look at things, you know, kind of from a molecular level is there are these signalers in our body um, that um, are different from the vascular tree, you know, the blood vessels, and different from the neurologic tree, all the, the neurons, the brain, and, uh, 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 and, you know, the spinal cord, the peripheral nerves. So, um, uh, although they're they're part of the same system, so they're they're involved in this this signaling system, but it 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 you know really um, from an evolutionary standpoint, it started more at a cell to cell communication level, and I think that's what's missing in our modeling of of uh, chronic disease is is what's going on at that molecular level, particularly the cell to cell communication. So there are these um, little proteins that act as signalers in our body. And there's quite a large group of them that get um, uh, thrown out into the soup, uh, so to speak, when, when we're in threat and, uh, and they are sustained in, in chronic threat. 
And, and you're, so talking I, about the, you're talking about the cytokines, correct? The cytokines, yeah. What's a cytokine? Well, as, uh, typically we think of a cytokine as being, um, uh, you know, a, a protein, a bunch of amino acids strung together, about 150 to, you know, 220 or 250 amino acids that are strung together into a teeny little protein that signal. But, um, but you know, there are other um, uh, signalers that aren't, classically cytokines that are part of this threat response as well. So just think think in terms of, okay, I'm under threat, I'm under danger, I've been traumatized, you know, I have an injury. Um, the body, the cells in the body are signaling with uh, little tiny signalers, um, you know, there's danger out here, there's been an injury, get, you know, get working. Uh, and this uh, dramatically changes our physiology when uh, these little guys are, are thrown out into the soup and start doing their, their signaling. So what they do is um, they increase inflammation in the body. They increase uh, uh, immune cell migration to go, you know, find out what's going on. And, and uh, if it's a virus, you know, try to kill it and, uh, and then clean up after and repair. Um, but they also um, signal uh, the nociceptive system or the pain system. They increase the uh, amplitude of pain signaling uh, right from the superficial tissues all the way up through the brain. So um, uh, that's part of increasing our awareness that we've been injured or that we're in danger is to have amplification of pain. So now we have more inflammation and, and separate from that, although the inflammation is part of the pain syndrome, but uh, it, they amplify pain signaling. And then the third thing that is always left out is when you're in danger, you need fuel. And this is really important. You need fuel when you're in danger and you need a lot of it. The immune response consumes a ton of fuel and it just so happens that our body under threat is less efficient at producing energy. So you need a ton of fuel to produce enough energy to fight off whatever you're fighting. So where do we get that fuel? You know, when you're in danger, you can't stop at McDonald's. You know, if the tiger's chasing you, you can't stop at McDonald's for a hamburger, but you need fuel. So where we get that fuel is we start to break down tissues in our body. So that ends up that constellation uh, of this, uh, you know, sort of acute defense response is uh, inflammation, increased uh, cellular immunity, uh, increased pain sensitivity, uh, and increased uh, uh, metabolic rate with fuel production and degeneration of our tissues to get the fuel. So you can see where, okay, if that goes on too long, you know, if I can't get out of this, this threatening situation and that goes on too long, how that could affect every organ system in my body and to start to degenerate, um, age prematurely. And that, that's really the model for, uh, you know, for uh, chronic diseases uh, is, is that uh, mechanism, those, those mechanisms, I should say, but, but all driven by um, these uh, cells that, uh, uh, signal that, that we're in danger. Joy, so can you just run through a list of as many diseases as you can that have the same common issue? <laughs> we could be here all day. 
I mean, you just, know, sure. Just give me 10. I mean, this is what's fascinating to me, which has been so clear, is that you, again, humans have consciousness. Then before we go on, let's say you have to define threat and then define safety. In other words, threat comes in different forms than you would imagine. So just give us some examples of physical threat, but also give us some examples of mental threats. Yeah. And again, humans cannot escape their consciousness. So the MRI scans show that mental, emotional threats go to the same part of the brain as a physical threat, except it is sustained. And yeah. we have sustained, and can you, again, before we go on again, can you describe what inflammation actually means? We talk about inflammation, but I don't think the audience knows, necessarily knows what an inflammatory response entails. Yeah, so the classic uh, inflammatory response is, is uh, you're going to have... Um, vasodilatation. So the blood vessels are going to dilate. So you're going to get increased blood flow to tissues and that helps to bring immune cells to the tissues. Um, so that that's redness. Um, you're going to have this intense metabolic activity trying to, you know, kick butt. And, and so you're going to get warmth. You're going to get heat there. Uh, the other thing that you see is because, you know, the, 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 the blood, uh, the immune cells need to get out of the blood vessels, right? So the, the junctions of the cells in the blood vessels open up uh, and, and you technically get leaky membranes uh, in your body. And so you get swelling. Um, you know, if it happens to be in the gut and you don't really notice the swelling, you're going to get diarrhea. But, but when, the, when the white blood cells creep out, so does fluid and protein and everything. So you get swelling or edema. Um, and... Uh, and so, you know, you're, you're, it, every, everything is painful because um, you're activating the pain network, as we talked about. It's, it's red, it's warm, and it's swollen. And that is inflammation, and it's part of, uh, you know, a defense uh, strategy for us. So when you get inflammation, so again, we know if you cut yourself and it gets infected, then you have this red response you talked about. But mental threats create even more havoc. Why is that the case? Well, I, you know, I think um, uh, we were talking about, yeah, so, so let, maybe, let me just quickly like run down the different threats we experience and then talk about how we deal with them. Uh, uh, I'll try to be fast with this, but we have physical threats. So things like prions and viruses and bacteria and proto protozoa and uh, uh, fungus, lions, tigers, bears, other people, uh, motor vehicles, guns, um, uh, toxins, and, you know, air pollution, um, things like that, that, you know, threaten us physically. And then the other uh, part of it is we have, uh, no, those tend to inflict us in our body somewhere, right? And then, and then the, the, the sort of the mental threats, or what I always say are spiritual threats, they encompass, you know, uh, emotional injury and trauma, social injury and trauma, which is huge. And we, don't acknowledge that very well. Um, you know, our, our negative thoughts are, you know, our false and negative uh, narratives um, that, that churn in our, in our head um, also kind of participate in, in that system. And then the other thing we have that I think is really important to mention is, is the, the, the threats that exist in the shadows of the brain that poke on the threat system, that activate the, the threat system. And, and these are things that are, you know, sort of below awareness that we don't realize going on. Generational trauma, uh, epigenetic modification, literally changing our, our DNA from past traumas, even past generational trauma that keeps a hyperactive threat response. Um, can, I, uh, can I stop you for a second, DR? 
Yeah. So I'm going to probably explain epigenetics and you can correct me here. So yeah. my understanding of epigenetics is that when I was in medical school, we thought that the, that the genetic code was just passed down purely from generation to generation. And about 30 years ago, they found out that the DNA sequence has all these side chains that latch onto it that modify the expression of the DNA. Right. So, so then what happens is there's all sorts of variations throughout a lifetime as your DNA gets viruses, et cetera, that changes the genetic reading of that DNA. So that's called epigenetics. And it's fascinating because those changes get passed on to the next generation. Correct? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, that, that, at least that's the current belief today right. that they can demonstrate that, that the methylation essentially of our DNA can pass generationally. Right. Um, so, so you have these traumas and your body's responding to the mental trauma, which is sustained. So I, I, liken, it, I liken it to driving your car down the freeway in second gear. Your engine's revved up, it's going too fast, and it's going to break down. And we do know that under chronic stress, there's a great study out of Scandinavia that shows that under chronic stress, there's a much higher incidence of autoimmune disorder. Yes. So then people get very frustrated because the way I want to really address today in the next couple of minutes is to, and I'm becoming more successful at this, but this chronic pain thing has very, I mean, it's not a psychological process, it is a physiological process. Yes. And there's, so. Psychology is physiology. Yeah. Right. I mean, if the, the mental input, I, you can call it the psyche if you want, is one of the inputs, but the actual reaction to your body is what is where the damage is being done. So again, you're translating the environment into a physiological change to defend yourself. Part of that input is your consciousness, which is a problem because you can't escape your consciousness. So I just want to discuss, so let's just finish up threats for a second. So you talk about physical threats. Let's talk about the other threats for a second. The shadow, the shadow threats? Yeah, yeah, I think the, the, in the shadows, we have predictive codes um, that are, are running um, you know, almost like a, a, a computer below below our level of awareness. Every organism on Earth is basically uh, screening the environment for uh, danger. They, right. they have to. We're doing the same. And over a lifetime, uh, our predictive codes get rewritten. And so things that are traumatic to us will will keep our predictive codes biased towards threat. So right. um so that, that's one thing. We also have traumatic memories that are slightly different than these, these predictive codes. And then the other thing that you and I are always talking about that runs in the shadows of our brains is our suppressions and repressions. Right. That the more we repress, the more we have um, kind of juiced the system in second gear. You know, we, 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 we have uh, created an energy that is ready to trigger the threat response through the mechanism of uh, the mechanisms of suppression and repression. And so that is technically just like another threat. When we don't deal with our emotions, when we don't integrate them, when we're not even aware of them sometimes, you know, uh, that, that we're having certain emotions and then when we don't integrate them and, and ultimately express them in constructive ways, uh, they, they end up um, creating a, a persistent threat response and we get sick. And that's, you know, the whole, the body keeps score kind of um, uh, thing that, that sometimes we're not really aware of what's making us unhealthy because so much of it is running in the shadows of our system. And it's even hard to say that it's actually, I always say the shadow of the brain 
but it's really in the shadows of the entire system that it may be um, operating, including consciousness, which may not be housed in the brain like we think it is. So, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, but yeah, so, so that's, that, you know, that's, that, that whole system um, or that whole response activates our system into a, uh, you know, into this, this threat physiology that has a certain toxicity if, if it exists too long. And, and what we do know is that the same soup that is causing, you know, inflammation in like the gut, let's say in irritable bowel syndrome, that same soup, the same signalers also um, can uh, take us from being kind of angry to anxious to depressed to being uh, psychotic, actually, um, in chronic uh, threat. So the and that's why we can't have a mind-body duality anymore because it's all functioning from the the, the same soup. Um, and so our you know our our uh, irritable bowel or or, or um, asthma, you know th that those types of things. Uh, seem to be highly, or autoimmune diseases are highly correlated uh, with threat and associated with things like anxiety and uh, depression and repression. So, um, so we don't need um, we don't need to live in in a world of duality of yes, I have mental illness uh, or I have physical illness because it's the same soup. So we, that's why we need to start focusing on root cause and what's actually in the soup. Yeah, because when, when they imply mental illness, you find, well, it's something psychological, it's in your head. And I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, it's just simply wrong. And I think it's a sort of a human survival issue to get this diagnosis of anxiety correct. Because we treat trying, we keep trying to treat anxiety with rational means. And it's so much more powerful than the conscious brain that you can't control it. And plus, as you know, if you did not have anxiety, we wouldn't survive more than a few minutes. You just wouldn't survive. So it's actually a gift. It's how we evolve. It's how we survive. And I use the term developing a working relationship with it. It's a much better way to look at it than try to conquer, conquer it or fix it. Yeah. So, so just to review for a second. So we, we know that under threat, physical threat or mental threat, that your body fires up with increased burning of fuel or metabolism. You have the inflammatory process kicking up in the gear, which means your white cells are attacking the tissues. They're tuning up blood vessels, they're tuning up neurons for fuel, you have real degeneration. There's over 30 different symptoms of a sustained threat response. And that doesn't even include the diseases that occur. So I just want to finish off as one example here that we talked about cancer briefly, that every day in our body, we have cells that are cancer cells, but our immune system senses them. We have a whole repertoire of T cells that picks off these cancer cells and keeps us alive. We also know when people go through chemotherapy, what actually does people in is infection because the immune system is so compromised, we can't defend ourselves. So you mentioned in the first podcast, we have this truce with the world, bacteria included, that allows us to stay alive. And when the barriers are pretty slim, really, there's not much of a barrier between life and not life, right? Yeah, it's our... Technically, it's sort of our our cell walls, basically, and and uh, and and us, I guess the the continuum of uh, cell walls and you know our epithelium is 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 kind of our barrier. I think cancer is um, 
you know, is something that we have looked at in terms of, um, it, you know, there's a mutation, right? Something went wrong in this cell and therefore the immune system needs to be able to surveil and hunt down that uh, abnormal cell and, you know, essentially disassemble it or chew it up or something like that to get rid of it. And that that process is going on all the time. And, you know, and I think that that is uh, uh, true, um, but I think there's something else to consider. And I'm going out on a limb here in saying this is that when we look at the system as a whole, um, what, uh, what would actually maybe drive a cell to express something, uh, express its genetic code differently, threat would. And so a lot of times what we're seeing in these, in cancer cells are, you know, the, these um, oncogenes being expressed or, or genetic variability, um, not necessarily, you know, a, a direct mutation like you may, might get from radiation bombarding, you know, the nucleus of a cell, um, but the cells, so you have to wonder, or I have to wonder, and, and this, this isn't, you know, fact in any way, but I have to wonder, um, you know, a lot of times people said the, uh, the, the objective of every species is to propagate its DNA. But prior to that, the objective is for cellular survival. So with cancer, you have to wonder if they're in a toxic environment with chronic threat, chronic inflammation, chronic catabolism, whether uh, at some point cells might not say, uh, you know, this, this is not a healthy environment. I'm going to perform a, a ge genetic uh, expression modification and, and see if I can find a different path for survival. And, uh, and, I, and I think that's one of the things that we don't really contemplate. So our mindset around cancer is we need to kill it, right? And so if our immune system isn't killing it, well, what else can we do to kill it? We can give it a toxin, chemo, which is toxic to every cell in the body. Right. So now we've got a race to the death. Is the cancer cell going to die faster than the, than, the, than the good cells? That isn't great. Or now we have you know, targeted therapies that essentially attack the metabolic function of cells uh, and, and dampen them down, but they're seldom curative. And then the newest thing on the block is immunotherapies where we're doing different things to enhance the immune system's recognition of these abnormal cells to kill these abnormal cells. But if you think about it, every one of these strategies is a threat to the cancer cells. So what are they gonna do, right? They're gonna double down on uh, their threat response. And, and that might actually, you know, uh, create this just chronic conflict between therapy and cancer cells. Um, and, we, and I think that's what we see with targeted therapies is, you know, they work initially, and then the cancer cell figures out a way around the targeted therapy and, and right. they never cure. Um, so just keeping that in mind and, you know, in terms of kind of what we talk about threat versus safety, where in the cancer spectrum of care comes providing safety to the cells. And if it's not an actual true, you know, mutation, it's just a, a re-expression of the genetic code through an oncogene, if we provided safety for cancer cells, could they change their phenotype back to non-cancer cells? And that, that's something that um, 
I don't know that's out there in the oncology world, um, but if but if you look at the system in terms of threat and safety, there seems to be some logic that there might be sort of the things we, we talk about with Bob Navio is, okay, you got some abnormal cells, let the immune system go after them, but we, eventually we've got to move the system to safety to actually completely heal. And how do we do that in a cancer patient um, versus just creating the chronic tox toxicity or chronic threat within the system that then perpetuates uh, this, this threat response in the cells, including the, the cancer cells. And so it becomes a little bit more difficult to actually you know, cure things. Um, having said that, obviously with immunologics, we've made great progress in cancer care from the world of chemo. So, well, Jared, thank you very much. Um, we'll probably have a few more podcasts going forward and we just barely, barely touch the surface here. But the bottom line is you need your immune system to survive under chronic threat, physical, mental, while your immune system is compromised. Lots of alterations occur in the body, including physical symptoms and mental symptoms, both. It's actually somewhat the same process. And by learning how to calm down and develop a sense of safety actually is the essence of the solution. So um, again, um, thank you very much. Um, I always learn some things from these conversations. So this is great. Thank you. Good to be here. All right. Thanks. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. David Clausen for explaining the physiologic response to chronic threat that underlies chronic pain and chronic illness. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at thedocjourney.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.